Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. It's our final podcast before the start of the 2020 NFL season. Two days away as we're recording this one. Matt Berteram, I've got the Chiefs winning on opening night 49 to nothing. You got a problem with that? I uh, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with it necessarily. I think it's I think it's a bit much. Uh, Forty nine to nothing would be quite the statement. Yeah, no, I don't think it's going to quite go that way. And congratulations, by the way, to Deshaun Watson on the huge contract yeah. extension, well deserving. Uh, I don't think that means that he could just carry them to victory opening night or throughout the season, but he certainly was deserving of the contract. Yeah, look, I think. You know, Bill O'Brien's done some ridiculous things since he's been GM there. That was an obvious one. And he was always going to get paid the second most behind Mahomes. He got that money now. So I think all is well. Deshaun Watson deserved it. He will, I'm sure, earn it going forward. And now if they could just get him some help, that'd be great. We'll get into it in a bit here. But uh, I do wonder uh, if he's going to – I don't know if regret will be the word, but maybe just get a little frustrated – more than a little frustrated with his time in Houston. I think that's definitely the likely occurrence here down the line that even though all that money will be pouring in and himself, his family, his family's family will be set forever, uh, there will be some angst playing football in Houston. Well, so far, let's be real. He won, what, one playoff game? That was last year against Buffalo. Um, And it's not through any fault of his own. So – now, like you said, we'll touch on it a little more, but I, yeah, I, I do think there's some some reason to consider that he might get annoyed as as the years roll on. So we're not putting the Texans in the Super Bowl. Uh, let's start with our predictions to uh, get Stack in the Box going here. And by the way, uh, thank you for listening, commenting, liking, giving a rating. We greatly appreciate it. Verram, who's your Super Bowl matchup? So let's get into it right at the top, right? I have Kansas City and New Orleans. That, to me, and I picked that last year in, in full transparency. It was, last year was the first time I picked the Chiefs to ever win the Super Bowl. I think also to get to it, but certainly to win it, and it happened. Um, the, two years ago, I picked the Pats and the Rams to be in the Super Bowl, and they were, although I did pick the Rams to win. They did not. Um, I will take Kansas City over New Orleans. Look, I think the Saints are the best team in the NFC, although I think there are a lot of good teams in the NFC. We have talked about that throughout the summer. There are, you know, the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Packers, the Vikings, the, the Buccaneers, I mean, so on and so forth. There's a lot of teams. I am less confident about my pick of New Orleans because of that. That just all it takes is a couple of ill-timed injuries, and all of a sudden they're they're in major trouble. To me, Kansas City is the obvious pick in the AFC, and and not because it would be, you know, nice for for my heart if that were to happen, but really just because who's going to beat them? It's pretty much Baltimore. I really think highly of Pittsburgh if Roethlisberger is healthy, which is a huge if. If if, not, if that's not the case, though, it's pretty much Baltimore and nobody else. And while I think Baltimore is very good, I do think they're going to regress a little bit here. I don't think they're going to go 14-2. and two. I think the Chiefs are probably going to win 12-plus again. They had a lot of injuries last year. They, they, they should be healthier this time around. Um, so, yes, Chiefs, Saints, and Tampa, and give me Kansas City to repeat for – uh, what? It'd be the first time since 04 that a team is repeated. So I make predictions on what I'd like to see happen. So I'm taking the Bears. Actually, I'm not taking the Bears. But I'm going for the sentimental pick, and at least out of the NFC. And I think a lot of people for that would be you know Tom Brady going there. I think the Bucks are getting overbet, and there's just a little too much Tampa confidence for me. And I don't even know if they're going to win the damn division. But I'm rooting for one more dance in the sun, if you will, for Aaron Rodgers and not necessarily the Green Bay Packers, but the Green Bay Packers, mainly for Rodgers. Uh, you're 13-3 and three last year, sure, fine. Regress, 12-4, 11-5, 10-6, and 9-7. That might be good enough to get in with seven teams in the playoffs this year. Just one more run through the playoffs. Get hot when it matters most. So I'm picking Green Bay in the north, um, or in the NFC, rather. And then... I will take the chalk in the AFC and stick with you on your Chiefs for the Ram uh, because I would really enjoy seeing Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl one more time, if not many more times. Uh, there's no more fun team to watch in the playoffs. I, I hope that Baltimore is awesome. I hope Lamar continues to 
shut up the doubters out there. And I think that's highly likely considering as you under underdog fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code radio and underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100, get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. Find the lack of power in the AFC right now. Like who's really going to challenge them? It's going to sound like they're going to be going through the gauntlet here. Uh, but I, I am, I, I can't. The only way in my mind that the Chiefs don't do it is if Patrick Mahomes gets hurt and I, who's, who wants to root for that in 2020. Although that would be very 2020 for Mahomes to get hurt, right? Uh, yeah. It, it, well, to be fair, it was 2019. He got hurt. Yeah. That's, and, and, that's, and he was hurt really up until about December. And then he got healthy and they never lost another game. Right. Right. I mean, hurt, hurt, like done for the year, hurt. I no, guess. I understand. Right. Uh, so now that we've got our Super Bowl matchups, who's winning the MVP this year? I'm going to guess that we're both going to have the same answer on this. We're and, not. Oh, we're not. Okay. And, well, I don't know. I don't know who you're picking, but I'm guessing well, you don't. I'm going to take who we were just talking about. Mahomes. I, 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 right now, first of all, for me, it's got to be a quarterback. Unless you're just going off the board to have some fun, you got to go with a quarterback because it's always quarterback. Right, like it, the last time it wasn't a quarterback was Adrian Peterson in 2012, and he rushed for 2,000 yards and dragged the Christian Ponder-led Vikings to the playoffs. So, quarterback is is the obvious choice. I do not think Jackson will repeat because guys almost never repeat as MVPs. Um, Russell Wilson, I, I was almost my pick. I love their weapons. The, the problem I have with, with Russell Wilson is not actually with Russell Wilson. It's with the fact that the Seahawks do not believe in throwing the football. And so you get these games where, where Schottenheimer and Carroll are calling one run play after the next, whereas I know in Kansas City, I know they're throwing the football. Like There is no doubt Mahomes is dropping back, throwing the ball 40 times a game. So give me Mahomes. I, I, think, I actually think this year will be, to, to date, the best year of his career. They have more weapons. They have the same coaching staff. He's gotten better. And you look at that team and say, good luck covering them. I, I don't know who in the world is covering that team. So I, I'll take him. I think it's going to be a 5,000-plus-yard extravaganza. Yeah, so I'm going to stick with my sentimental stack in the box right before the season. He's plus 2,300 to win the MVP. Come on, one more time, number 12. One more time, just carrying Green Bay through the mess, Verderam. What do you think? What happened to you? You're a Bears fan. Uh, yeah, but see, I, I mean, I'm not saying you should go Homer, but like you, you're like I, you're very happy for Aaron Rodgers. Where like I will tell you, as a child, like John Elway, I I was not rooting for John Elway to have his moment in the sun. Now I applaud you for putting that aside, as you should when making your picks and you and having your analysis. Uh, but I'm surprised that you are so gleeful about it, considering that you have been a Bears fan your whole life. Yeah, see, I've never really. And this is going to, for my Bears fans out there, if you are out there, uh, you're not going to appreciate this. But I've never hated the Packers the way a lot of Bears fans hate the Packers. The Bears have never – it's happened like once in my life where the Bears have been good and the Packers have been good. Like the, when, growing up, we killed them. And then Green Bay has been so much better that to me like the rivalry is just kind of ridiculous. Um, I actually probably hate the Lions more than I hate the Packers because they're just annoying. But, uh, look, I respect greatness, Matt Berteram, and uh, Aaron Rodgers is greatness, so is Brett Favre. Maybe it's because Brett Favre was just on the Windy City podcast that I'm feeling some love towards Aaron. I also don't like when organizations take a big uh, number two on their greatest players of all time and draft a quarterback in the first round. So I'm kind of wanting to stick it up the old Green Bay yin-yang, if you will. Does that make sense? you feel that? Yeah. No, listen, I, I have always loved watching Rodgers, like most people, I think. And, and so I would be thrilled for him. I'll say this. It's not a bad pick, especially if you're a better, because, man, he is going to have motivation like nobody's business. And I don't think – like if they, if they get in a situation where he really wants to drop back and throw it, like, what, is Matt LaFleur going to tell him not to? He's going to be, that's nice. And just audible on the on the you know line of scrimmage and just go from there. I I think he's going to play very well this season. I don't know if I think he's MVP. Obviously, I'm picking Mahomes. 
but I wouldn't be shocked. Like it's not a crazy pick. I, I could see I could see Rogers having a year where he just says, You drafted Jordan Love? Really? Okay. And throws for like forty eight hundred yards with Marquez Valdez Scantling as his number two receiver. Yeah, that's the scary part. Who's he actually right. gonna Adams gets hurt, he's basically throwing to you and me. Right. Yeah. But somehow, some way, the great ones, they tend to make guys look a whole lot better than they actually are. Uh which Tom Brady does not have to do as much this year, by the way, down in, in no. Tampa. He's got some actual real weapons. Uh, all right, let's – all right, I, I feel like – also, I'm trying to get some bang for my buck here on our fake bets here, Vertoram. I mean, Mahomes is the favorite. I mean, what's the point in that? 2300 to one, uh, you know, $100 for 2300 I, I, you know, makes me feel a little bit I more I wasn't like, doing Mahomes as a bet. I was just doing – I think he's going to win the MVP. And although if I had to bet money, yeah, I would bet him. Like, I, I just think – I just think it's not it's it's everybody's about about Mahomes as it is what's around him. They just have an obscene amount of weaponry. They, they they do. They they absolutely do. All right, let's look at some regression candidates from two teams that were f- absolutely phenomenal last year. Uh, the 49ers of course in the Super Bowl, the Ravens winning 14 games in the regular season. Question is will the Ravens and or 49ers regress in 2020? I think History says, unless you're talking about the Patriots, that yeah, they both will. And by the way, regression doesn't necessarily mean they're going to go seven and nine. Like I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're both good teams. I think they're both playoff teams. But I do think they'll regress, and here's why. First of all, I think the Niners playing the best division in the sport. The NFC West is loaded. The Rams are probably the worst team in that division, and they went nine and seven last year. Like they're they're a decent team. The Cardinals are an up and coming good team. Seattle's a really good team. The Niners are going to play a first-place schedule where they're going to get Philly. They're going to get Green Bay. right? Like they're going to get New Orleans again. That That's hard. Like, and that, that's not to say, look, they were in a tough division last year with 13-3, but like, the biggest fear I have with the Niners, other than what I just laid out in terms of the schedule, Garoppolo is not a great quarterback. And teams typically that don't have great quarterbacks, it's very hard to do that year after year after year. You have the great quarterback, kind of a cheat code. If you don't have that, it's really hard to win 11, 12, 13 games every single season. A lot's got to go right. A lot of guys have to stay healthy. With Baltimore, I think they'll regress, but not near, not as much. I think the Niners are more likely to regress. Um, I, I think the Ravens are, are still good. I, they're really good. I, I think Lamar is going to get better throwing the ball, and I don't think his legs are going anywhere anytime soon. The question I have with Baltimore is they were incredibly healthy last year. Does, does that kind of regress to the mean? It typically does in the NFL. I, I love Jackson's athleticism, but teams are going to make him beat you outside the numbers more and more as his, as his career goes on. He's got to show me he can do it. And the other question I have, and this really, I don't know the answer to this. We're going to find out. This year, there is an inordinate amount of pressure on both Jackson and the Ravens as a whole. You know, last year, last year for them was a lot like 2018 was for the Chiefs quarterback kind of comes out of nowhere it's this magic carpet ride it's fun it's exciting they're the one seed everybody's behind them now the Chiefs lost a thriller in the AFC title game the Ravens had had the uh, break screeched on them in the first game of the divisionals but the same thing applies like the following year Kansas City came back and it was like if you don't win the Super Bowl you failed there's no other way around it now they and the Chiefs did it maybe the Ravens follow suit but that's a lot of expectations to have we'll see how they respond to them I'm going to say that, well, look, San Francisco, Vertoram, they have a very weird schedule. Like, they could easily start out the season 7-0. and I mean, Arizona at home, win. At the Jets, win. At the Giants, win. Philly at home, going to be favored. Miami at home, big favorite. Home with, uh, who are they playing there in, in week six? That is... That's the the Rams in week six. Thank you very much. I've got to read my logos here. I mean, they, the first half of their schedule is, is it's cake. Easy. It's cake. It's yep. And then there you get to week eight at Seattle. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Green Bay at home, probably win, but getting tougher. At New Orleans, at the Rams. Uh, you got to go to Dallas. You got to go to Arizona. You got to play Seattle twice in the back half of the schedule. So I, I think they could start out great, but uh, it, it, it certainly just, you know, if you go strictly by schedule – could be a, a very dicey end of the season if they if they stub their toe early they could actually end up not being a playoff team with the way their that back end and that schedule looks like and then you look at the Ravens uh yeah you got to play the Chiefs in week three at home but 
I don't know. I see a lot of wins on that schedule there. I, I, I don't know if they're going to regress. I, I think maybe if you call regression 12 and 4, 13 and 3, I suppose. But I, I'm pretty high on Baltimore here. I think Baltimore is very good, by the way. I think they're going to be about 11 and 5. That's where I've got. I, you know, look, the Chiefs are a tough game. They might win. They might win, but that's a game they could lose. They have Philly and Dallas. Those are both tough games. Philly, I believe, is on the road. Uh, and, and the other thing is that division is going to be better. If Roethlisberger is healthy, they're not getting Mason Rudolph twice. Like, you know, and those games are always just brawls. True. You know, Pittsburgh might win one of those games. Hell, might even win a bike. Those are going to be tough games. I don't think Cincinnati's quite ready yet, although they'll be interesting. Cleveland beat them last year. Maybe Cleveland splits. Like, I did, and then everybody always loses some game they shouldn't. Like, it's just the way it is in the NFL. You know, Baltimore will have some game, like every team will this year, where they just lose some game. I know Colin Cowherd over at Fox Sports has him going undefeated. I say good luck to him. Nobody <laughs> goes undefeated. I, I think I think Baltimore's really good. I just think the division's tougher. Um, you know, they'll be right there. They'll be, I I wouldn't be shocked at all if they won the Super Bowl, but I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a harder road for them. I like Colin always taking big swings. Who's yeah. going undefeated? Uh, I'm going with Baltimore. That'll be something people will remember. Who you got for a dark horse, Matt? So we've talked a lot about it over the summer, but for people who might just be tuning back in, look, I kind of gave one away. The Steelers, to me, are the AFC one because I don't here, – here's my, my rationale in Pittsburgh quickly. Roethlisberger's coming back. He, he missed essentially all of last year with the elbow injury. Now, all of this hinges on the fact that he's healthy. If he's not healthy, forget it. They're going to win seven games. He's got to be healthy. But if he is healthy, they have a good offensive line. In fact, a very good offensive line. They have an excellent defense at all three levels. They've got a really good coach. The weapons are okay. They're not great, but Roethlisberger will, will make them better if he's him. And there's some urgency with that team. Like, Roethlisberger's not going to be around forever. This is kind of it, right? Like, so, and I think if you're going to be a sleeper in the AFC, you've got to have a defense who can stop Lamar and Mahomes. And I just look at the rest of that conference. Like, who the hell's doing it? I mean, Buffalo would be the only other team. I'd say that I really think on a good day, like their defense is certainly good enough to give anybody a problem. But my, my stumbling block, I just can't get past them is Allen. I just can't. Like He's not going into Arrowhead and winning a playoff game. He's just not. He's not good enough. And, and I feel the same way about him in Baltimore, whereas Roethlisberger could get into a game if he's healthy with either one of them and win the game. Like he's good enough to do it. So that's kind of how I feel. And then quickly in the NFC, give me Arizona. I don't think Arizona's going to the Super Bowl. But I wouldn't be shocked if Arizona was a wild card team. I think Arizona's got a lot of talent. I love Murray's progression. They signed Hopkins Day, the big extension, two years, $54 million. I think the Cardinals are an interesting team, provided that they get anything out of their defense. Can I call the Titans a sleeper? Yeah, I think you can. A lot of people seem to kind of think they were a fluke. So, yeah, I think they, they qualify. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the South and you're looking, I mean, I'm just looking at all the divisions and thinking, well, who could actually jump up here and get something that they're not expected to get? Well, right. No, nobody. The, the South is wide open. I mean, I, you, can make an, you can make an argument for Indy. You can make an argument for Tennessee. And you certainly can make an argument for Houston, obviously, um, although it's, it's a thin one uh, once you get away from Deshaun. But that's enough, I guess, in the South right now. Um, I, I also think that Cleveland is uh, an interesting under-the-radar, overrated last year, underrated now. Maybe the Browns have a breakthrough, but I just I don't want to bet on Baker at all. So I guess I'm going with you, Ryan Tannehill. I'll go homer pick in the NFC, Matt Bergeram. That's right. Underrated, dark horse, one time, Chicago. Let's go. You've got a ton on your defensive side. I'm not picking this to actually happen, but if if a dark horse comes through, the Bears are getting no love right now, and their defense is pretty damn strong. So if they literally get anything from their quarterback, like like it almost plays out better if Trubisky just starts off the season, plays, gets a win against the Lions, and then just implodes. And now Foles comes in week five. The defense is great. You sneak into the playoffs, and somehow, some way, Foles gets hot like he did for for this right uh, for the Eagles. And you, and you but, make a run through. But by the way, and you know what? I I, I I should have put this on the rundown. I cannot believe they're starting Trubisky. What oh. in the name of hell is going on at that franchise? Like, you know what, man? I I saw that and really thought to myself, this is the equivalent in football terms of like being in a relationship that you just know is not going to work. But because you've invested three years into it, you just can't quite admit that it's not going to work. 
So you hang on, you hang on, and then eventually, like, you go and start looking at, like, wedding rings, and you just, you know, you're like, oh, my God, there's no way. And, like, it's it's that unbelievable finality in your brain that you're finally just like, I can't do this. I can't. This is a terrible idea. I feel like with, with Pace and Nagy, that's where we're at here with, with Trubisky. Like, they know. They know he's not going to work. They went out and they got falls, and they declined his fifth-year option, and yet they're sitting there. And they're saying, well, you know, we're going to start him. And look, you know this even better than me and a lot, and most people being in Chicago and being in the media as long as you've been. If they thought Trubisky was any good this summer, you would have heard that from the rooftops with them. That would have been leaked out a million ways to Sunday. Oh, he looks great. He's really motivated. You didn't hear any of that. So this idea that like all of a sudden, well, no, now he's great and Foles just couldn't beat him out for the job. I mean, either Foles' arm fell off or Trubisky stinks and they just can't admit it. I am shocked that the Bears started him. So Ryan Pace, quote, the moment he walked in the building, you just felt a different presence and a different mindset, and that carried him throughout camp. Dude, <laughs> what is wrong? What's wrong with you? Was it the moment that you saw him at Carolina? in his Toyota Camry that you just knew you had to draft him over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, the moment he walked in the building, dude, the moment you saw him in the building, you should have been running the other way. Well, there he is. I don't want to talk to him right now. Let me talk to literally anybody else. What are you, I mean, what are you talking about? I, I think they looked at it like this, like, and, and this is a bad sign, by the way, because I'm guessing that Foles didn't completely blow him out of the water. And you pick this guy, Nick right. Foles, because you knew him. There was a comfort level there. And it's like, oh, you know, he, he's really actually not all that in a bag of chips. He's, he's okay. And so if we bench Mitch now, then it's going to be really hard to bring him back. Why don't we just roll the dice and let's see if we catch lightning in a bottle somehow, some way. Six touchdowns, one interception, threw for nearly 600 yards against the Lions last year. Let's give him one more shot. And when he sucks, then we can go to Foles, and we know that Foles can handle that role, whereas we don't know that Mitch can. I think that's probably what happened, at least part of it. I agree with you. I don't think you're wrong. I, I think you're right on. And in fact, I think you're dead on. I, I just, to me, my God. I mean, you... You traded a fourth-round pick, which, okay, like not, not that that's like a first-rounder. You traded a fourth-round pick. He's got guaranteed money for three years. You, you decline the option on Trubisky. It, bro, just admit it. It's over. It's like He can't play. I've probably watched, I don't know, 90% of Trubisky starts in my, in my you know, time covering the NFL. I mean, he, he can't play. He's just mm. not good. There's no chance he's any good. Just move on from it. All right, but they can't. They just can't admit it. Well, and Foles has never played. Uh, the most he's ever started in one season is 13 games. He's done that once. He's, he's just been a part-time player. So, which I just, you know, going back to how they actually made the decision to draft Mitch, and there was obviously some weird comfort level going on, and I feel like they did the same thing with Foles. Like, was this the best guy out there? I don't know. No. Cam Newton. Cam Newton's no. about to like light it up in New England. Yeah, and, and that would have been a riskier play. But I'll, I'll tell you right now, and I know some people might disagree, and I understand why they should have signed James. Right. Sure. Like at least, at least, my God, look, I get he throws a million picks. So what? Nagy is this is this quarterback guru supposedly? We'll get him in there, and figure it out. I'll tell you right now, if he if if Nagy is as good a coach as I think he is, I think he is a really good coach. Get Winston in there. Get somebody in there with some talent, and say, you know what? Look, we're we're gonna we're gonna play it out. You're gonna get 16 games, and your job is not to throw picks. I don't care if you throw for 4,000 yards and not 5,000. Don't throw more than like 14 picks. And if he can't do it, fine. Get rid of him. Get a new quarterback next year. I whatever. We can move on. But I I just. I saw that last week and was just absolutely blown away. I cannot believe the Bears are starting Trubisky. Well, and a lot of the reporters who were reading the tea leaves, they were fooled too because you know Matt was saying a lot of nice things about Nick Foles. So some people think, like, was this a Ryan Pace thing? I don't know if it was or wasn't. I, I would think that the GM would stay in his room and not force the head coach, but maybe the head coach knows deep down that you know Ryan would probably really appreciate this, even though it wasn't communicated. I think that's a possibility. Sure. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, anything else before we move on to Into the Future here? No, nope, some... let's keep it rolling. All right, so Into the Future we go. Uh, last year we had two coaches fired during the season. 
question is who will be the first coach fired in 2020? If any, really, it doesn't happen every single year. But no. do you got anybody getting fired this year? You know what? Uh, I agree with you. It could certainly be nobody. But if I had to put money, I, Adam Gase with the Jets. And I know you think maybe Jacksonville, but I, there's like no pressure in Jacksonville, right? Like I, I, there's no there's no urgency. Like if, if they're two and ten, they're gonna really fire Doug Marone. It's just wait to the end of the season. Whereas with the Jets, that's a media market where there's going to be some urgency. Like, hey, show us you are at least alive and paying attention and doing something. And you look at the Jets roster, or excuse me, at the schedule. At Buffalo, home to the Niners. At Indy, home to Denver, home to Arizona. At the Chargers, home to Buffalo. At Kansas City, home to New England. At Miami. I mean, what are they, 2-8? and eight? I, 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 They're terrible. Darnold's not gotten any better. They don't have any weapons. The team cannot stand Gase from, from everything that comes out of that camp. I look at Gase and think, I don't see any way he survives this year, like in, in totality. So I could, I could definitely see the bye week. I'm just going, you know what, Greg Williams, you're the coach for the next six games. Have fun. Yeah, that, <laughs> that would be a lot of uh, – that would be some good entertainment. Not that I ever really want to be the guy that's rooting for people to get fired. Uh, but – a New York implosion is always fun. I look. I think that Doug Marone's a really good bet here because they. I think Jacksonville will try to act like they're doing something, and they're and and Mr. Khan is gonna. He's not. He's not the most patient guy over there. I do wonder about the Chargers too. I mean, what happens if they get off to a rough start? Go to Cincinnati. All of a sudden, you can lose to the Bengals. Then you come home. You play the Chiefs. You lose again. Now you got Carolina. Uh, okay, maybe you win the game, but now you got to go to Tampa. You got to go to New Orleans. Right. Uh, th that's it's tough. I, I don't know. You know what? Again, though, like I look at them, who cares about what the Chargers do? 12, 12 people? Right. Like, it's just, and I, and I don't mean that as like I'm not trying to knock Chargers fans. I'm just saying the, the fervor in that fan base is not the same as it is in New York, Chicago, Philly, where if a guy basically, if they're, if they're down 7 nothing after the second quarter, it's like it's time to get rid of everybody. I think there's more of like, ah, that's all right. Now, look, if you go down the odds, Matt Patricia has the best odds of getting fired, okay? Then it's Marone, then it's Gase, and then to round out the top six, it's Quinn, O'Brien, and Lynn with your guy, Matt Nagy, coming in seventh. Um, that's crazy. They're not firing Matt Nagy. They're not firing Nagy. And Bill O'Brien's not going anywhere. He basically owns that franchise at this point. So, to me, the competition really, in my opinion, is between Patricia, Marone, and Gase. I just think everyone expects Jacksonville to be terrible, so there's not as much pressure. Um, O'Brien's actually an interesting dark horse. You just gave Watson all this money. Things go sideways. He's super pissed. He just goes nuclear. Get this guy out of here. I, I, mean, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't completely put, throw that off the table. Only reason I won't throw it completely off the table. You want to talk about rough starts to the year? Take a look at their first games. At Kansas City, home to Baltimore, at Pittsburgh, home to Minnesota. They yeah. could be 0-4 before they blink. So, I mean, yeah, I the reason I don't put O'Brien there, look, anyone who's listened to this show knows my opinion of Bill O'Brien. The reason I don't put Bill O'Brien in there is he just has so much cachet in that, that building. It really, I think, would take about a mutiny to get him out of there, and I don't even know if that would do it. Yeah, well, they, that's. I don't think that a mutiny's off the table in Houston. You've got uh, – to find out. You got some pretty up unhappy people. Well, maybe they're happier now. If they went on Thursday night, he's going to get a ten-year extension. <laughs> he might. He might. Let's look at the NFC East. Dallas or Philly? Who do you got? I think this is the most interesting divisional battle. Just you know the, the history of the teams, everything else, how tight it's been recently. But I, I got Philly, and and I'll say this. I am very concerned even already about the Eagles and their ability to stay healthy. I mean, we've already seen Brandon Brooks go down at the Achilles. We've seen Andre Dillard go down. Jason Peters is already sliding over from guard to tackle, which, look, he's probably a Hall of Fame tackle, but he's older. We'll see if he can do it. Wentz always has had injury issues. Jalen Rieger, who they internally, who they love in Philadelphia. Well, guess what? He's already hurt. But I think the Eagles have the better team. I like the defense a little bit more. They got Darius Slay. I think that's a big pickup. Um, and, and I don't know what I'm getting out of the Cowboys. I don't know what I'm getting out of Mike McCarthy. They lost Byron Jones. That defense is not the same. Gerald McCoy's out for the year as well at the quad. 
I like in this year, as chaotic as it is, I like that the Eagles have continuity. And frankly, last year, the Eagles had everybody get hurt, and they still beat out Dallas. So I will take the Eagles, although I understand the argument for either side. So I do believe in Dak having a big year. I mean, if we're looking at extra motivation, certainly has some. The Cowboys, too, if you go back at it, they were plus six in one-score games in 2018, minus five one-score games 2019. 11 games swing. Got to go back to 1989. Only five other teams have had an 11-game swing uh, in two years, right? So Dallas Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. At least by the numbers, should be on the plus side here. So, I don't love the Cowboys, but I don't love the Eagles. So I, I think overall, I just think Dallas has a little bit more talent for him. So I'm, go, I'm going with Dallas. That's my that, that's my come on Zeke, have a year, buddy. Um, and I and I wouldn't. It, it would be, it would be fun to see Dak play really well and have Jerry just just sweating it out sitting there every time he throws a touchdown pass, zoom to the box and just see him like reaching for his wallet. I really like. Have you ever? I actually wrote about this. Could you imagine the conflicting emotions of Jerry Jones if Prescott throws for like for like 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns? And by the way, before people start screaming that that's unrealistic, he almost did it last year. He threw for 4,900 yards and 30 touchdowns. Like, can you can you imagine if Prescott goes berserk and is like in the MVP balloting? <laughs> I, I, that would be unreal. Great that's, theater. Yeah, that now that is something uh, worth rooting for. The the East is very interesting. Um, so, and I look. I think I think the Cowboys do win ten games this year. How's that? I'll, and maybe maybe Philly's uh, sitting sitting right there with them. But I'll, I, I I got Dallas with ten wins. Let's do the uh, AFC West, by the way, and not your Chiefs winning it. But uh, who do you think finished second? Okay, so first off, let's just start here. Do you think it's fair that I I didn't even get into who's going to win the division? It's kind of uh, it's most definitely fair. A little bit of a dick move, but overall, I I think. Uh, you know, it's 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 right to just you know look. I mean, who, who do you got to give respect to in the AFC West right now? I can't even. There's no team that even jumps up. It's going to finish second. I could I could literally argue for any of them. I'll, I'll it's going to be the Raiders year for Ram. I'll tell you right now. I'm going. Mariota's going to push Carr. Gruden's going to have a great uh, year. They've they've drafted some wide receivers. I got the Raiders, but like I well, can tell I can tell you that Vic Fangio's the the Broncos got hot at the end of the year last year. They were your seven and nine second place finish last year, but. I can't say any of these teams are going to beat the Chiefs. It's ridiculous. So, obviously, I, I would I would agree. Um, now, Mariota's already out at least the first month of the year with a pec issue. So, Carr's, Carr's nice and safe for at least a little while. We'll see if Mariota does come back. Don't push him. It's possible. Um, I will say Denver, and here's my rationale. I do not believe in the Raiders at all. You and I are on opposite sides in this one. I, I just think their defense is, is not going to be able to compete uh, with the better teams in the league. Now, I look at the Chargers, and even without Derwin James, I really like their defense. But then I look at Tyrod Taylor, and I just think to myself, he's never thrown for 3,100 yards or 21 touchdowns in a season. Like, this isn't 1990. They're not winning if he does it. I, I don't care what's around them. If he's out there throwing for 200 yards a game, like, it's over. They're not winning, period, end of discussion. Here comes the Broncos, baby. So I look at Denver, but here, but, and I'll say this, I'm picking Denver, but here's the issue. Drew Locke was not good last year. Like, I, look, This is the biggest secret in the NFL that nobody seems to really want to acknowledge. Yes, they went 4-1 and one with him as a starter. The man averaged like 6.5 yards an attempt. He did nothing. He threw for 200 yards a game. And I watched all those games. I watched every throw Drew Locke made. Drew Locke was good in Houston, and in the other four games, was average to horrendous, depending on which game you were watching. And that's the concern I have. Their line is not good. 
I don't think Locke is, is good. Now, now, I'm also allowing that he should just be better. It's his second year. So I expect him to improve. But my point is, I don't think he's going to be this great player. I've, I saw one uh, article, I won't say where it was, that thinks he might be an MVP candidate. What? What? I, I, there's no way he's going to be an MVP candidate. So, look, I think they're the best team other than the Chiefs in the West because I think they'll play defense under Fangio. I think they do have a lot of weapons. So I think they'll go like 9-7. and seven. He's plus, he's plus 5,000, by the way, with at FanDuel Sportsbook to win the MVP. So it's oh, not hey, exactly. Throw five bucks down on it. But I mean, Jesus, like to argue that he's. It's like last year when people were saying that Trubisky was going to be the MVP of the league. Like, I mean, that, what that, is that, happening? That was a sports radio topic that Danny Parkins was able to move forward somehow, and it was utterly ridiculous. Um, I. I actually think Glock's going to play significantly better this year. I don't know if that means that he's going to be. I mean, I don't think he's going to be in the MVP conversation. Um, but it, I mean, Mahomes, the MVP order for quarterbacks right now is Mahomes, Jackson, and then Dak, which I, Dak should not be fourth. He's tied fourth with with Wilson and Brady. Kyler Murray to me is a more is a bigger MVP candidate. Why is? So is Aaron Rodgers. Drew Brees is way down the list. I mean, come on, man. I agree. With you. I like Dak. I do. Uh, but I, I do not think that he should be where he is on that list. Yeah, that's just that's a little that's a little too tall. All right. Uh, Although, my God, you want to see Jerry sweat? That that would be the all timer. That's true. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I don't know. I, I, I suppose with, with their weapons, he could have a big year too, but okay. Uh, what about the crowd noise? Let's look at that for a second. Will the NFL adjust the crowd noise above 70 decibels? Do we, are they just going to pipe in more noise to make it seem like people are actually there? What do you think? They have to. At some point, they're going to have to. Look, 70 decibels, I looked it up because I know the record in an outdoor stadium is double that. It's 140.2 or 142.2 at Arrowhead. Um. So I started thinking, like, 70 decibels. What is 70 decibels? It's the equivalent of office noise. Like, that, that's, not, that's not good. That's not, no, nobody wants <laughs> office noise. Or, or it's the equivalent of, of someone running a vacuum. In the, like, are you kidding me? They just like, don't want dead silence so you can hear everything. That's, that's their whole deal. Of course. Deal. Of course. But my, my argument is you're going to get coaches calling up the league office saying, hey, look, it doesn't have to be 130 here, but can it be 100? Can it be 110? I, you're going to. You know, can it can it have the noise maybe of a rock concert? You're going to need that because otherwise, look, I'll tell you what's going to happen. And I and this is I'm about as confident in this prediction as I am anything that's going to happen this season. If they don't adjust that crowd noise, and that's what it is, you know who's going to benefit? Teams that can play offense because they're going to go on the road. They're not going to have any disadvantages. They're, like that's always the thing. Look, people always think, oh, it's because noise. Yeah, it is, and it's not. The the real advantage on the road, or excuse me, the real advantage at home. Is for the defense in terms of the get off at the line of scrimmage. Okay, you got to go silent count. You've got an easier. You, all of a sudden, you don't have that at seventy decibels. There's not going to be any silent counts. It's going to snap the ball. So that that's a big, big thing in the NFL. A quarter, second, a half second of a pass rush is a big deal. I think you're going to have teams that are really good offensively. They're going to have even bigger years and have huge years on the road if they keep it at seventy decibels. I'm here for 70 decibels, just for the record. I'm here for zero decibels. Let me hear every damn thing that happens on that football field in 2020. I'm signing up for it, and I obviously I want fans to be back, but that would be a cool have, thing this year. Have you ever been on the sideline for an NFL game? Nope. Okay, so I, I will say now, quick quick story time and stacking the box. I was uh, – let me see. I got that right above me here. Okay, so I, in, in 2007, I was a sophomore in college. And I got to go and work for ESPN as a local utility on Monday Night Football. So I ended up doing this six times. And I was on the sideline for about four of the games. And I remember the first game I was ever on the sideline for it was Bill's Cowboys in Buffalo. And uh, that was during the T.O. era and everything else. Long, when Marshawn Lynch, by the way, was on the Bills. I'm on the Cowboys sideline. Now, like, I'm, I'm toward like, the wall. Like, I'm not like right up on the sideline. But I, I'm on the sideline. Brady James hit Marshawn Lynch so hard, I thought he killed him. And it was right in front of me. I mean, maybe, I don't know, 20 feet in front of me. It sounded like a bomb went off, right? I mean, just kills it. Now, you know, Marshawn Lynch, I think, was a rookie, maybe a second-year guy. He hits the ground. Brady James gets off of him. 
Marshawn Lynch pops up, says a word I can't repeat, and just goes, man, you ain't nothing. You ain't nothing. And he just walks back to the huddle. If I got hit like that, I would die. Okay. So like on one's hand, yeah, it would be cool to hear what's going on in the field. You get like that kind of stuff, but you'd also get the 800 words you can't repeat every quarter. I'm good. And so there's no way it's going to happen. I think there should be a parental control put on NFL football and you can either choose to have your kid get to hear everything that's said or not. Uh, I don't know. It would be unbelievable. I'll yeah. say that. Like, you want to do a rating? Put one of those. Put like a Steelers Ravens game on HBO, and just go look. You know what? You want to hear a football game? Here you go. Because I got to tell you, it would be, would be I mean, high entertainment. I mean, they allowed swearing in the last dance. That was on ESPN. Why can't we get some swearing going on? I mean, your NFL field. It, it might be a little different. It, yeah. Yes, yeah. it would. But, <laughs> but I think it'd be good for ratings. Oh, it would be amazing for ratings. I mean. Maybe not family friendly, but that's that's. I mean, come on, Every, you got to learn the words at some point here. Everyone's going to be okay. Let's do uh, in or out. We got four topics for you. Uh, first one is the Dolphins will play meaningful football in December. In or out? Fitzpatrick uh, with the nod, and then Tua lurking around here. What do you think? I'm in. I think the <laughs> Dolphins will. I, I I I don't think they will get in the playoffs. But I think they'll be like a seven and nine type team. And I think that that, you know, I could see them six and seven. God knows that division's probably not running away from them. I could see the Dolphins hanging around. What with the weaker division, the seventh seed. I love what Flores is doing there. They had a really nice offseason. I do not think they're a playoff team. I don't think they're there yet. With the caveat, of course, is if Tua comes in, he's just unbelievable. But other than that, I don't think they're there. But man, I, I like Miami. Like I, I like the direction they're going. So I, I will say meaningful football, yes. Do they make the playoffs? No. I'm going to hell to the no. I'm in on Cam. I'm in on New England. I'm even in on Buffalo a little bit. Uh, Miami's not doing it. Last year's miracle run to 5-11 and 11 was, was just that. Uh, incredible job by Brian. But and two is a, what, isn't he already knocked around a little bit? Didn't I read that this week? Believe it's fine. Believe it's fine. I haven't seen anything. Okay, man. What did I? I, I feel like I read something on Tua. Maybe I didn't. Regardless, um, I mean, they're. I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. Huge fan. Great career. Making the most. You know, getting absolute every ounce out of your talent. And he he is good for like one year, one win or two wins a year that you don't think they should get. But I I got to be out on the Dolphins. Meaningful games in December that just seems too tall for me. Maybe I'm maybe I'm sleeping on Vernon, but I'm out. Deshaun Watson won't 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 regret signing with the Texans. In or out? So I am. Oh, this is a tough one. Uh, I I will say that he won't regret it, and I think you and I kind of are on the same point here because you said a little bit earlier. I don't think he's going to regret it. I think he's going to be annoyed by it because regretting it would say that he's upset that he signed for $160 million. I don't know of anyone who'd be upset signing for $160 million. Okay. I do think as Mahomes winning is winning championships or at least competing for them. And Lamar is doing the same thing and other young quarterbacks coming to do that. And, and, and Deshaun Watson looks over and sees Bill O'Brien and they're going seven and nine there becomes a frustration. I think early in your career, you can live with it a little more. You feel like you're building towards something. But once you get into year six, year seven, you're like, man, I, I don't have that much time left. Like, we got we to gotta win now. We got to get going. So I don't know that I think you'll regret it because it's just, look, it's generational wealth. But I think he's going to second guess it at times and say, should I have just played it out? Should I have gone the Kirk Cousins route? So on and so forth. I think he's going to regret it after week one. They wow, do. that was quick. Okay. Well, is it 49 nothing as you think, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> I Look, the guy – I mean, let's not forget here, two ACLs, right? Yes, college and pro. So, I don't know. You're going to have so much – do you trust their offensive line? No, their offensive line is Laramie Tunzel and four guys I would never trust. Exactly. So, and do you trust that they're going to try to take – that there's, I mean, the, the entire load of that offense is on his shoulders, which is sweet. And I, I appreciate if I'm Deshaun, like, all right, you have this much belief in me. 
But when I'm getting killed out there time and time again, and by the way, he, I mean, he's got so much. He's, he's, he's not the type, though, that would ever regret anything, right? But I think somewhere deep down, if you put him on the lie detector test, he'd be like, you know what? Uh, this just sucks. Uh, because I, I know that I, or at least I feel like I'm good enough to be winning Super Bowls and I know it's not happening I, here. So. I think there will be a frustration that sets in when they're making the playoffs solely because of him some years. And they play a team like Kansas City, as he did last year, and he's throwing the ball to 84-year-old Randall Cobb, and the Chiefs are just like a, a, a circus going up and down the field. You know, I mean, I, look, if you're Watson, there has to be a level of frustration, I think, even now. To some extent, you know, you look at these teams, you know, the Ravens are investing around Lamar. They're doing everything they can. They build a whole offense around them. The Chiefs have got all these weapons. They've spent, I, the Chiefs spent over $600 million this offseason to keep that team together and rolling. And then the Texans didn't pay DJ Reader. Like, they just couldn't afford their, their star nose tackle. And they, and they traded DeAndre Hopkins because O'Brien didn't want to pay him. And there has to be some level of, of frustration, even though he'd probably never say it. And, and I guess from a professional standpoint, rightfully so. DeAndre Hopkins, by the way, getting a big time. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your dog. Check front door. Check window. Check other window. Rest chin on ground. Look into distance. Bark for no reason. Check front door. Check window. Check other window. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Chase shiny ball, lose shiny ball, find shiny ball, eat shiny ball. Get coverage for your pets with any auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with a purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. Extension, two years, $54.5 million, $42.5 guaranteed. His family situation... Uh, he's, a, he's earned it on the field, but with just everything that's went on with his mother, I just think it's really it's a nice, heartwarming story. And uh, I'm sure Deshaun is very happy for <laughs> DeAndre and would still be love, love to be playing with him. Hey, let, let's, do, uh, let's do two more here, Vert Ram. Leonard Fournette. I'm pausing because, like, Leonard, look, you were paying the ass in Jacksonville. You... You, no, you, you had zero value, and now you're going to complain about Blake Bortles and put it on him? Dude, unimpressive, big time. But the question is, Leonard Fournette is an impact player for the Bucks. He's an impact complainer, um, even though he had a pretty good year last year, 1,600 total yards from scrimmage, a little bit over. Do you think he'll be an impact player for the Bucks? I actually do. I don't think he's a great player. I think he'll be a good player. Um they need somebody to help them in their run game. And they've been high on Ronald Jones now for a couple of years. Like at this point, show me something, do it because I haven't seen it. Um, and we know that Brady likes to have that pass catching back. You know, they, they had James White in New England there for a little while and then Kevin Falk before that and so on and so forth. So I think, you know, and, and Fournette, people always kind of think of him as some guy who has stone hands. He had 75 catches last year. Like he can catch the ball. Now I, I don't think he's, he, he look, he's, He's a guy who's better in a phone booth than he is out on the dance floor, right? But I, I think ultimately, does he help them? Yeah, I think he helps them. I don't, I don't think he puts them over the top, but I, do I think he helps them? Yes, I do. So I do think he's an impact player. I like that. Better in a phone booth than on the dance floor. That's, that's good, Vertram. Yeah. Uh, I, I do – I'll go in with you on it just because I think Leonard just lucked into perhaps the only guy in the NFL that can get him turned around. Can you imagine – what Tom Brady's going to say to that dude if he's not going about his business the right way. And I don't know how you look at, at Tom and don't come correct. Maybe, maybe Leonard's capable of doing that, but I'm going to hope he's not. So uh, maybe it is a perfect spot for him. Oh, and oh, with, there's nobody saying a word to Tom Brady. Well, I, um, wouldn't, I would think not. I mean, that whole team, I'd have to look at that. Does that whole team combined, do they have as many rings as Brady? Everybody on the team? I mean, we did that last week. That basically, the whole franchise barely has as many wins as Brady. I mean, does. obviously, Gronk has three titles because you won him with Brady. But I, I'm not kidding, man. I don't think they have as an entire team. I don't think they match up. So, um, listen, I will say this to your point before you even got the question out earlier. Um, Leonard Fournette should shut up about everything else in Jacksonville. Leonard Fournette was a major headache there, and yeah, I'll say this. I'm not like in the business of defending Jacksonville. Like Dave Caldwell, he's made some mistakes there as a GM. There's no question. Tom Coughlin is a my way of the highway guy. And in 2020, that is a, a tough sell. I understand all that. 
But all these guys in Jacksonville who bitch and moan about how much you can't stand it there, and they've got to get out. Jalen Ramsey's always tweeting at these guys, like, oh, congratulations, you're free. What the hell have any of them ever won? I mean, Jalen Ramsey went to the Rams and did nothing. They didn't even make the playoffs. Like, A.J. Boye, he gets out. He'll go to Denver. Okay, he was in Houston before that. What, what the hell did he win in Houston? The only guy I'll give is Clayus Campbell, and you never hear a word out of Clayus Campbell. Right. Ever. Clayus right. Campbell's been the only professional involved. All these guys, like Ronnie Harrison, is like, yeah, thank God. You're Ronnie Harrison. Who the hell cares what you think? You got traded to Cleveland. Like, what? All these, there's so many guys. Fournette's another one. Like, the guy's never won Jack ever. And he's rambling on about how, like, how he's so grateful he got out of there. Look, you guys went to an AFC championship game one year. You probably, to be fair, should have won the game, got a bad call, lost, and then fell apart. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to hear it out of any of these guys coming out of Jacksonville at all. Campbell's the only one to give any passing. He's the only person you don't hear from. I'm sick and tired of hearing from all these guys. Like, you never did anything. Well, ever. also, uh, hey, Leonard, Leonard, do you, do you look at where you got drafted in that draft class and how bad people swung and missed on you? Um, Mahomes, Watson, you know, I, 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 I just, I, I don't, it's really disappointing because I, I thought, you know, when he was at LSU, you, you thought that this guy was going to be unbelievable. Yes. He looked, he looked insane. I mean, he, it was like Bo Jackson level almost. Um, maybe that's a little too tall, but that's kind of what I like. This guy is a physical freak of nature. He can run you over. He can run by you, all of it. And he's been okay, but don't be putting it on Blake Bortles, dude. Come on, man. Uh, let's do Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown plays for a contender after his suspension, in or out? I'll be brief. Out. I, I think there – well, because look, there are very few guys who have talent that don't get another shot in the NFL. I mean, when you really think about it, and we don't have to go down like the dark, deep history of all this, but there have been guys who have either been accused of or have flat-out committed some like unbelievably heinous things and have been right back in the league. So it takes a lot. But when you when you start calling your GM some very colorful language and you start having one ridiculous thing after the next to the point that Drew Rosenhaus doesn't want to represent you anymore, I'm out, man. Like I, I just think teams are going to look at him and go, you know what, I'm I'm good. Like I, I don't I don't think a contender is going to want to rock the boat with him, especially in a year like this where like the slightest thing that goes wrong could be literally catastrophic. I don't think they're going to be looking to bring Antonio Brown in. June 23rd, fansided.com, actually stillcurtain.com. Uh, two teams have reportedly discussed signing Antonio Brown. Uh, it was last year at this time, Verderam, if you remember, I was screaming, caught him, get rid of him, Raiders, it's you over. Were. I give you credit, and you were right. I didn't think they'd ever do it, but they did, and, and you were right. I on. mean, I mean, he just backed him into such a corner. They had no choice eventually. I was like, I, I mean, even when I first said it, I'm like, they're not going to do that. But then he kept on going. It was like, oh, my God, this guy's just nuts. But I'm in because somehow, some way, someone's going to get hurt, and the NFL land a seven zillion opportunities if you got talent. I Somehow, some way, I'm thinking, like, maybe it'll be time again. <laughs> hey, bring him oh, down man. to Tampa. Somebody just when, got hurt. When, when – Brown went nuclear on Mike Mayock and called him a cracker. <laughs> that was when it was over, right? Like you do a lot of stuff, man. But like when you go to that level, it's over. Uh, and I, I remember texting around. I texted like three other GMs in the league that day. And I was like, do you think he's going to get cut? And one of them literally responded like, you call your boss a cracker. It's over. And it was over. Like that was like the next day. <laughs> God, God. Was, like, he, was he on the helium balloon when he called him a cracker? I forget. Oh God. I don't, the, the helium, he came in that whole thing. There's gotta be a 30 for 30 coming one of these days. Like <laughs> he had frostbite on his foot and he came in on the hot air balloon. And then he had the whole thing with the helmet and everything. I mean, that was, that was the most bizarre thing. <laughs> I've ever seen in, in not only in my time covering the league, but even just watching it, like dating back to when I was a kid, I've never seen anything like that. That was 
the height of absurdity. Uh, and that's what I meant. The, the hot air balloon, not the helium balloon. Are those, are those the same thing? I don't know. I got to work on my They're balloons. They're not the same thing. They're not the same thing. Okay. Helium is the thing that you, when you inhale it, you get that high voice thing. You, that's, a, you have a funny voice. Yeah. If you tried to that, pump helium into a hot air balloon, uh, you would just go nowhere. That, that wouldn't work. Uh, <laughs> my, thank you for listening to Stacking the Box by the way to this depth of this show so you got the helium versus hot air balloon my apologies uh looking forward here verram wrapping it up outside of the nfl starting anything going on in the life of verram not really i'm really pumped up although i'll share this so this morning you know i come down to the office where i'm currently uh shooting this podcast and you know, i always turn on the tv kind of some background noise and i turn on the television i got a sound bar for it turn on the sound bar no sound it's kind of odd so i'm like fiddling with it like maybe i hit a setting or whatever Nope. So I'm still looking. I just replaced a television upstairs like two weeks ago. It was like five years old that just decided like that the, the backlighting went out on. So I had to get a brand new TV. So I'm not happy about that to begin with. Right. Then I'm looking and looking and like, cannot get a TV to work. I call like, I'm like Vizio support. Like, hey, oh. you know, and, and like, I'm usually pretty good with this stuff. Like technology is actually one thing I'm usually like kind of in the sweet spot with. Can't get it to work. Going through the whole thing. They're like, yeah, it sounds like it's broken. Right, I've had this television for nine months—a 65-inch flat screen. I'm not—I'm furious. I go through all these things. I'm on Reddit. I can go through it. So finally, as I'm, I'm heated now. This has been an hour of trying to fix this thing. Last-ditch effort. Unplug the television. Wait 30 seconds. Plug it back in. Thing works like a charm. <laughs> I swear to God, Carm. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Hey. Like, it, I, 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 part of me was infuriated that that's what the solution was, but part of me also was like, that should always be my first decision. Blow uh, on the cartridge. So, oh. uh, you know, I don't want to be into stereotypes on this show, but as, as a Jewish man, you know, that, that would be the level of, of, of something that I would fix. Just plug it and turn it off and turn it back on. Unplug it and plug it back in. That's, I, I was, that's my level right here. I was so pissed. Cause like I sat there and went through the whole thing. I'm like going through all like the technical steps, like, and then did that and it worked. And, yeah. I, and like yeah. part of me, I was annoyed at myself. So I was like, that should have just been, of course, like the first thing I did. But then I was like, well, why the hell would I do that? Like, there was no reason to do that. Right. Right. Stupid. The effing thing should just work. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, I got Thursday night football coming up. I just bought a recliner that I got in here. Like I'm all, I'm ready to go for this. I'm going to get a mini fridge here for Thursday night, jam that in the office. And my damn television, I was ready to go to Best Buy and drop $1,000. It was going to happen. It, I, I texted Stephanie. I'm like, this, this piece of crap's busted. Like, I am I am furious, but I'm going to take this thing out to the dumpster. I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to go. I'm buying a Sony. I'm buying an even bigger television. And she was just like, all right, whatever you want to do. <laughs> and it worked. So here we are. That's my uh, life. That, that's, I'm buying a Sony. Uh I'll I'll wrap up with some of the positive. I was I was walking around uh, in downtown Chicago over the Labor Day weekend, and you know it's been obviously a challenge in the world uh, the last I don't know four years, this yeah. year six <laughs> months, whatever you want to however you want to break that one down. But I'm walking on the Riverwalk right, and it's Saturday in the morning, and I was working at the radio station that day, and so then so I'm walking back at night. And there were so many people who uh, did not look alike, were hanging out, people wearing masks, not wearing masks. Maybe it could have been a little bit safer, but I, it was just, it was very, and, and just everyone was having a good time. And I'm like, oh, wow, Saturday night, people are out here, they're having a couple of drinks, they're, there's people dancing on a boat, there's somebody, there's some kids and family having an ice cream. I was like, it just, it made me feel good to see that. Uh, going on in 2020 with everything else that's been happening, uh, especially in Chicago. A lot of people are like, I got to get out of here. It's too dangerous. I'm like, no, 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 just relax. Uh, let's get some control in the city. We need a little need a little bit more understanding going on. I don't want to get too heavy here. But uh, I, I just, I really appreciated that walk home, Bertram. So it was a no, nice moment uh, in my Labor Day weekend. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. I'm glad to hear that. I miss being in Chicago. I miss visiting. Uh, obviously, you know, people, I think, always think I'm based in Chicago. I was. Now I'm like, I don't know, 15-minute drive outside. Um, but uh, you're in the on Sundays, yeah, no traffic yet, about 50 55 minutes. Okay, I, I hustle though down to Dan Ryan, so yeah, I, mean, I mean, that's a that's a that's a scoot from where it's, you're it's like from. 60 miles, it's a 60 miles, right? Um, okay, yeah, it is. 
Um, believe me, I do it enough. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, I miss Chicago. Chicago is great. I I do miss it. Um, I look forward to the world getting back to a point where everybody can do that. And I, I I'm sure that I'm sure over the next couple of months it'll be very calm and level headed, and we'll all just have a good time. And see oh yeah, that's no, gonna be great. I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll be very normal. Um, yeah. Be, yeah. can't can't wait for that. But hey, yeah. you know what is gonna be normal? Football. Yeah, you may not have fans. It might be a little weird, but football's football. It's gonna be back on Thursday night. And if you haven't already, subscribe to Stack the Box. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Appreciate it as always. Thank you for listening so much. We're going to have two episodes now starting every week going forward. Plus, we'll have some bonus episodes each week. Um, our next episode, we will be recording on Sunday night after the games. So it'll be up Monday morning. If you're still commuting to work, it'll be up there for your commute. If you're just waking up and, and you want to listen to something Monday morning, you, you can't get enough football, it's going to be right here. So thank you so much for listening. We really look forward to being with you even more here in the upcoming months. See you Sunday night. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.